And I think you can make a pretty good argument that a large part of the enthusiasm that we have locally and nationally, the idea of like, okay, everything's set up for Georgia this year, is based in the idea that JT Daniels, A, looked good, and B, is back when so many other of the big powers don't have their quarterbacks back from last year. Welcome back, Georgia football fans. You are listening to episode 271 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. We've done shows on SEC expansion, a look at the national college football landscape, an SEC preview show, and now we're getting closer to real football being played. And this is our 2021 Georgia football preview show. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and I'm joined today by my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller. We share our thoughts on just about everything, like how Coach Smart is perceived by fans and the national media as he begins his sixth season as Georgia's head coach. Then there's plenty of talk about JT Daniels and the explosive offensive players he has at his disposable, disposable, disposal, (laughs) and also the waves and waves of five-star defensive talent this Georgia Bulldogs team carries on defense, among other topics. And between the UGA discussions, there are plenty of sidebars and extracurricular conversations about everything from school uniforms to Will and Tony's great adventure this weekend to see a week zero college football game. So thanks for joining us today. Hope you enjoyed the episode. And here's Will to kick us off. Um, all right, well, hello, everyone. Hello. Uh, uh, well, well, I apologize. Hi, guys. I put the cart... <laughs> Before the proverbial horse, we were as we thought like last year we were going to have our friend Seth Emerson here to do our big Drink. Georgia season preview, but uh, unfortunately he had a scheduling conflict, so he was unable to make it tonight. Apparently he is required to interview people for his job covering the team, which I find obnoxious, as we all know. You're supposed to be mindlessly and uninformedly talking about the team, not actually interviewing people to learn things about the team. Well, and the, t- and the tough part about him not being here is I just kind of winged it. You know, I was <laughs> yeah. going to let him do all the talking and just sit, sit back and enjoy it. I, too, am for a change going to wing it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But uh, but we're here. I hope we will suffice. We do suffice. Uh, for a Georgia uh, season preview. Uh, every single time I ever... See, anytime Seth write anything, the number of people yelling at him makes me think that maybe people will just be happy to hear from us anyway. Yeah. Uh, but I actually did not think it's – I usually am pro – I've noticed that Seth, because he's because he's doing really well over there, so they're starting to give him more uh, write about things that aren't just I liked Georgia what he football. wrote today. Yeah, I, 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 I liked it. I just – I think that like – basically what, what Seth wrote today was the idea that like – that that – the alliance of the Big 12, Big 10, excuse me, the ACC, Big 10, and Pac-12, Pac or Pac-14, however many people they have, uh, is a sign that Sankey may have overreached mm-hmm. uh, with with the uh, with going to expansion. Now, the, the premise of that, I think, is pretty solid, which right. is the idea that what's best for the SEC is not necessarily best for all of college football. And if there were ever a time where there's a total, when they're, like now, where there's a total leadership vacuum among college sports, which is what my New York Magazine column was about today, uh, this would be a time where maybe you could think about, not the move that you run, but the idea that like adding Texas and Oklahoma, rather than just doing it, saying, okay, here's something that we've talked about. Let's do something all in the best interest of college football in mind, rather than bringing that in. I understand the premise of it, but the fact is, is that like, I'm sorry, 
I mean, for better or worse, this is what sports are. If you're the commissioner of the SEC, like it's hard to look at Jim Delaney uh, and the Big Ten and be like, oh, wow, Jim Delaney, like he was caring too much about the Big Ten and not about college football in general. That's how you survive. Like that's how you survive. I don't like it, but this is what happens when uh, it's hard to blame Greg Sankey for existing in the world of college football as opposed to existing in a theoretical world of college football where – there was someone in charge and there's no one in charge and asking Greg Sankey to both be that person in uh, theoretical person in charge, the, fa- the uh, Peter Uberoth mm-hmm. of uh, the Bart yeah. Giamatti okay. of, uh, of college football and also run the SEC to me is asking a guy to do too much. And I like the idea of the column, but it, it seemed to exist in uh, theoretical it was columns. revisionist history. It just seemed like it exists in the land of theoretical uh, one of the many, one of the many, one of the few. I've, the only one I've ever heard uh, complaint about the media before. Uh, one of the many complaints about the media is a lot of times they talk about the way things should be yeah. rather than the way, the way they wish they were. Are. Yeah. And uh, while I think there is value in putting together a platonic ideal, for me this would be an argument of yeah, sure he could have done that, but like lots of things could have happened and nothing like that. If he were to act that way, he would have not become SEC commissioner of the SEC in the first place. Well, and. and- I mean, if you read some of the things on Oklahoma and Texas being admitted to the SEC from a few weeks ago, I mean, this is this underlies a lot of Seth's opinion on this, and uh, you know, it feels a, I feel a little bad talking about him like he's not here because he's not. He's not here. Uh, That's the joke. He's actually here. We've Seth, what do you think? <laughs> Nothing to say. Take it. Uh, here's another thing you wrote that sucks. So, I mean, but here's here's the part about it that is. There's a level of hypocrisy on the pontificating from the Big Ten, Pac-12, and particularly those two, and the ACC, right? I mean, the Big Ten, yeah, everyone's like, well, the SEC did it first. Sure they did. Of course they did. Uh, but, you know, it wasn't like the Pac-12 didn't try to get those same two teams 12 years ago or right. 10 years ago. The Big Ten is here because Jim Delaney has been cutthroat in the interest of the Big Ten right. and for the big, 30 the years. Big, the Big Ten took, be careful, ACC, yeah, yeah. trust in the Big Ten. They took one of your programs yeah. Right um, and and I mean come on, Big Ten's been trying to get Texas for years. Of course they have. So, the, so it's so here's the part about it that's harder for me to understand. The the pretext for this is, well, there was no one in the room. None of us were in the room when the twelve team playoff came about. So, so let me understand this. A twelve team program was proposed because every year at least one Power Five conference is cut out of the playoff. And now three of the five power conferences are saying, including including at least one of them who's been cut out for seven years now, since Washington, right? Pac-12. Uh, let's hold off on this. It, it came about too fast. And listen, this is about... This is about money. I think, you know, this is this is not about doing it for the kids. It's not about whatever. It's about money, right? They are trying to figure out the best way to leverage the best... TV deal for their three conferences and they had I think they figured probably rightly that the three of them working together offers a more lucrative um, product uh, if you can guarantee ESPN or whomever uh, a certain number of marquee cross conference matchup games what's the, the 4 million eyeball what was the, what was the rule right the, the 4, 4 million eyeball. eyeball rule right so that you know that in and of itself that's fine I, I support that but the fact that it's kind of like, ha-ha, SEC, yeah, we your move. Michigan, Clemson, more I'm, often. Right? I mean, so, you know, already two of the conferences play nine games. So mm. are we? Are you going to take away a conference game? 
are you going to require the ACC to have a non-conference game? What's that do for Georgia Georgia Tech, Florida, Florida State? Are you going to basically agree that you're going to shut out SEC teams for cross for the one-off games? Let me tell you what. I don't see Clemson telling Chick-fil-A no to $5 million or, <laughs> or Duke's Mayo no to $5 million to play Georgia in, the Char- in Charlotte. Do, do y'all? No. No. I mean, the, the SEC – kind of already has it well the sec is still in the in a prime position in this because even if the the alliance said hey we're not going to play any of the sec teams non-conference sec it would stink for the fans but they'd be like all right well we'll just uh wait you out until you come crawling back to us yeah Yeah. and 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 listen this just it does feel like the like the next step into what we've talked about right NFC versus AFC. SEC Or is against, it AFL versus NFL? Yeah, right. That, <laughs> well, that hopefully won't happen. That, right. That's what yeah. we want to avoid. Well, I was thinking, I was thinking uh, CART versus IndyCar, yeah, right? Yeah. I was thinking what that's that's probably where I get to. I'm sorry. It's over your head? Yeah. So, yeah I'm, it's, I'm not, I'm, it's open wheel racing. It's fun. Gotcha. Um, so, you know, I, I, think, I think it's going to be interesting. And this is, <laughs> I think a lot, and a lot of people are keyed on this, but I think it's worth pointing out. They're like, well, we're we're not we're just not worried about only football like some places. Yeah, we care about Olympic sports. I mean, the SEC had more Olympic medals than all the other three conferences combined. So I, it's fine. I, that's fine. It's that is a um, the one thing I will note that I think they're they they're taking the Bob Bowlesby approach and they're boxing ESPN's nose by tis, tisking ESPN Ooh. driving this. I. Either they know something we don't know about where somebody is sitting with a lot of money to invest. Who knows? Maybe Jeff Bezos is now investing <laughs> in uh, shaped TV shows or something. I don't know. Um, but the, the the fact of the matter is, it's like, I don't even know what that is, but it's funny. There's, it's a spaceship. It's the spaceship looks like a, a, a big. <laughs> and um, I do remember this. So, I mean, I don't, we don't, we don't know. And he's right? not an astronaut. He is not an astronaut. He, is, he didn't actually go into space. Well, he went really, but he went really close to he, space. Yes, he, right. To be fair, his was more impressive than Richard Branson's. Yes, I agree with that. But I mean, that is, yeah. Yeah, but there were no, because no, the spaceship uh, looked like a dong. Yeah. And um, it definitely looked like a <laughs> It's <laughs> weird. Like, it's weird like, like a dong. It was, it was I don't like know straight out of Austin Powers. Right? Yeah, it really was. So, so okay. uh, you're listening to to wait this last day. Um, yeah. I don't know where we went on the conversation. So a couple of news items I think okay. we probably should discuss yeah. before, uh, and one of them does not involve uniforms. So I suspect we have plenty of time coming up for that later. <laughs> I mean, like, that, that ship sailed on Twitter this past weekend. Yeah, I even uh, Arthur Lynch got hot. Yes, I would like to hear. I, well, I saw that. I was like, okay, I will. I will wait for. I will wait for uh, Scott to tell me what I'm supposed to think on that one. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, I think the the news item that first popped up today was uh, LSU announced that they will be requiring vaccines. Uh, the first SEC teams to do so. I think Ohio State is also uh, talking about doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tulane, Hawaii isn't having any fans at yeah. their first game. Uh, and, they have a place to set them. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, now, it is worth noting that LSU... Uh, I suspect, I think probably pretty clearly, was affected by a lot by what New Orleans is doing. Mm-hmm. New Orleans is uh, uh, not, they, they are requiring vaccines uh, for Saints games and for Tulane games and presumably Pelicans games when that comes. So hopefully by October we'll be in a different place and this won't matter. Uh, that led to a lot of discussion about uh, whether uh, Georgia, which Georgia today I think announced some, some stuff about the game day procedures, and I, I think the timing of that was perhaps not great because they announced it right on the heels of the LSU thing. But uh, to be clear, 
or they are not requiring vaccines and they are doing full capacity and there's no distancing and generally the things that we all have kind of assumed they would be doing for a while. So I know there's been a lot of backlash to Georgia about that. And to be very clear, I wish they would do that. Sure. I'm just going to be on record as that. I know not everybody agrees with me and that's fine, but uh, uh, I wish they would do that. It's certainly, uh, but two, two things. One, I mean, if you're not requiring the students to be vaccinated, I do not know how in any serious capacity you could possibly make the argument that the game should be different. I wish you, I wish that, I, I mean, I just, I don't see how how any uh, uh, anyone involved with Georgia athletics would have the uh, the cojones or even the power to be able to go against. It, it's, it's more power. It's more political state, heat. Yeah, right, it's more right. political And uh, the, what the state is doing, uh, particularly with the program so closely connected to the government. Yeah, yeah um, I, th- I think that's right. And secondly, and more to the point, it feels really weird to me. I wish all schools would do this. I literally wrote a piece just last week saying SEC schools and, and a specific, specifically SEC and ACC schools because that's where so the cases are so high right now. And NFL teams should should require vaccinations. Uh, the idea, however, that like LSU did this, it is a shame and a disaster that Georgia is not doing this. Strikes me as uh, like. I'm going to a game in Illinois uh, on on Saturday, yeah. and they are not requiring vaccinations. Uh, but they, we have to wear a mask. I don't know. I think if you're indoors, you have to wear a mask. Okay. But yeah. again, we all know, like if you're eating or drinking something, as we've all seen at countless games, yeah. uh, they're not. I do not think they're going to have people going around through the stands, as you saw at some of the basketball games in Georgia, <laughs> yeah. telling you to put your mask on. I do not think they'll be doing that. Uh, and it's full capacity. I mean, they won't fill it, but it's full right. capacity. And um, in theory, yeah, it's in theory. Uh, it should be at least. At least will there that, be more Nebraska fans there? You think? There won't be more Nebraska fans, but there'll be a lot of Nebraska yeah. fans. You'll hear them. There's no question. Um, but more to the point, like Major League Baseball has been playing for six months. They yeah. do not have a vaccination policy. There are currently, I think, two NFL teams that have a uh, that have a vaccination uh, policy. Three college football teams that have a, uh, a, a, a vaccination policy, all of which have their own political things to deal with right. for them to have to do so. Uh, I wish Georgia would di- would do this, uh, but I also think it is, um, in my opinion, um, expecting Georgia to do this is, um, I think it's politically unfeasible for them to do so. And I am understanding of it, even while uh, maybe a little disappointed. I have nothing to add to that. So I got a question. When we talked, or you mentioned last week how the... NFL and college football will cancel or forfeit games. Yes. If, so if the Falcons have 100%, like they, mm-hmm. they're 100% vaccinated, are they going to test anyway? And if there's a breakthrough, breakthrough case, they would get forfeited? No, they are not. They are, the, the, way the, the way it's currently set up, and the, currently the Players Association is fighting about this. Okay. For, uh, much against a, what a lot of the players And want, I asked that actually. for like if there's a 100% vaccinated college football team, where exactly. Georgia's at 90%. Yes, and I, I think we saw uh, 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 Burt said for Illinois for their yeah. game, there are only three players that have not been <clears throat> vaccinated, and he noted that they were neither first nor second string. Huh. So in other words, careful on special teams, everybody. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you'll be all right. Uh, but, and, and so, so Prather has, Prather's has gotten vaccinated. Yeah, got Prather's vaccinated. vaccinated. And so has uh, Luke Ford. This is a reminder, when they play Saturday, there are two clear Georgia rooting right. interests for you. Prather Hudson and Luke Ford. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so uh, the uh, for what th- this is still kind of up in the air. But the understanding is they're going to do something similar to what they've done in baseball, which is if you are vaccinated, you are not required to be a part of regular testing. So now, if you have a breakthrough case because you're having a lot of symptoms, 
you will have to you'll have to isolate. But there's no forfeit. There's no forfeit because because okay. the likelihood of having eight or nine guys on the team at the same time that happening is incredibly low. So that's the idea is the only way someone that's vaccinated would have to be tested would be if they were like exhibiting serious symptoms right. and were actively sick. Gotcha. Otherwise, they, they aren't required to vaccine. And more to the point, remember what you're seeing, what you're seeing with the Buffalo Bills right now is what's happening. Uh, Cole Beasley, who's been the really – yeah, I know, of all guys. He's been the really loud anti-vax guy on Buffalo. Uh, to the point where, like, he's like had press conferences about it. I, I, and whatever, he, he's wrong, but I'm, he still gets to play football. Uh, but now he doesn't, actually, because the problem is because he's not vaccinated, he does not have COVID right now. However, he is a close contact with someone who does have COVID. So, therefore, even though he has not tested positive, he has to sit out. I think it's six days and then be and then keep and then and then test back in. Basically, what was going on last year, right? Sure. And but if you're vaccinated, you don't have to go through that. So that is how the, the forfeit thing works. So if there's 100% vaccination, it is fair to assume that your team will not have to forfeit your business. And that's exactly the world we live in, in schools, right? So um, we got an email that Charlie was a close contact, and we were told to watch his symptoms. If he exhibits any symptoms of COVID, go get him tested, right? So far, he hasn't, and you know, but that's what I live with every day going to the law school. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I wear a mask in the building, uh, you know, and um, and I'm vaccinated. But if I accept symptoms, I go get tested, and that's that's what we're required to do. Um, Which is, I would argue, the responsible right. thing to do. Right. And that's and that was that was part of the problem with a lot of the testing protocol in in the early part of vaccination time is like. They were still working under the pre-vaccination time where everybody tests all the time. This was why the Yankees had that outbreak. The Yankees had the outbreak, right? And what they really had were a fair number of guys who were vaccinated that never showed symptoms, that had some trace of the whatever it is in their nasal cavities, which when you're vaccinated might not be anything. It's likely not to be anything. Um, So – I think it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. The good part for, at least for our purposes in this, the, the, purely the context of our conversation is with a, with a roster of 85 scholarship players. Uh, and unless you're who, who doesn't have a full compliment right now, Baylor, I guess if you're a comp, if, if you're roster of 85 players, yeah. you have to have a massive outbreak and a low vaccination rate in order to not play football. Right. I mean, if you think about it, Vanderbilt wasn't able to field 53 players for two games. That's, that means they had 32 oh. at least. Well, Remember that game against Georgia where you're like, well, is the punter going to have to run the ball? Right, right, <laughs> right. This, I mean, that means you had 30-something guys either with COVID or contact trace. Yeah. So, and if that's happened, then way too high. Yeah, we, we probably – Yeah, or, or we, we have way bigger problems than whether or it's not 90% be, of yeah. Georgia's team is vaccinated. Exactly. It's going to be hard. I, I, I like the idea that they're doing the forfeits. I – don't famous last words. Famous eliminate this on uh, if I say this wrong. If, if this ends up being wrong from future podcasts, I don't expect a lot. I, I just don't expect it to happen very often. No. And, and I think that's what as as I was editing last week's podcast and I heard it again and I was sitting there thinking like, gosh, I mean, wait, you edit this? I do. I actually wow. listen to it twice. That's really I, good. I, I live it and then I relive it. You make it sound really better than than I would have expected. Um, I'm not even living it the first time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what was that? This is absent thought, Barbara. No, but but when you mentioned that about the forfeit thing, and then I was sitting there thinking, well, Georgia's ninety percent. If they get a couple more, and I was, I think for the for the fans in general, I was sitting there thinking, 
what would be the case to where Georgia would have to forfeit a game and you'd have to cancel your plans to Florida or something? And, and really, to, from what I'm gathering here, yeah. what you're saying, it it would be really a low, low chance of happening. Oh, I mean, I'll put it this way. If, the, if it is common enough to where a team like Georgia at its high vaccination rate or Mississippi, which is 100% vaccination, if where they had enough breakthrough cases that they had to problems. cancel, then there yeah. are larger problems yeah. than yeah. college football. I it, as yeah, as yeah. the kids would say, it's going down for real. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, so like, I, I think it is fair to assume if you are at the vaccination rate, and I think Kirby Smart said done the right thing. He said, we're not there until we get 100. We're yeah. not there until we get 100, but clearly they're in a good spot. And I, I think it is to be very much commended among, uh, I mean, when you compare the... Uh, the vaccination rates for college football teams, not just in the South, but everywhere, uh, uh, compared to the general population, it's uh, it's high. It's very high. Yeah. It, like every college football team is high, vaccinated at a higher rate than Vermont, which is the highest vaccinated rate, uh, state in the country. So I think it's pretty impressive. Not every, but you know, the, the every big one. Yeah. Uh, one other piece of news: we don't know if Eric Gilbert's. Uh, yeah, I personally don't know if Eric Gilbert's going to play, or if or if, uh, Washington's going to play, or Tyke Smith's going to play, or, or Darius going to play. So. Derek right. Kendrick? Yeah, out? move along. Yeah. They 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 all have gotten some sort of some injury-ish. Oh. So, wow. and who had the turf toe? Uh uh was it Donnie Mitchell or Arian Smith? Arian Smith. Yeah. Um, and that can be a a bugaboo throughout the entire season. It wasn't a Todd Gurley that had the turf toe and I mean he muscled through it, but I th- I think that's one thing that uh plagued him his uh last year. Yeah, don't quote me on Darian Kendrick. I might have that wrong suddenly. Yeah, I thought he was good to go. Oh, good. Thank God, because we need him. Um, yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, we're going to talk about Georgia today, right? One, one last thing before oh, we, we have Oh, we have more news. Uh, one last thing before I want to congratulate Georgia legend Herschel Walker for moving back to the state of Georgia. I'm very excited to have him back after being in another state for a very long period of time. I am glad we should all raise our glass to Herschel because he's back in Georgia, and that's great. It's good to have a dog back in our state after living in another state for several decades, to have him back here is very exciting. He, um, Devlin was one of my favorite running backs in the 80s. It's very, very exciting. I'm very glad to have him back. I Maybe they'll open up the restaurant downtown again. Herschel's? Yeah. Okay, let's, let's, yeah, let's not get crazy. Let's calm down. <laughs> they had Pepsi there. <laughs> that place was terrible. When I first moved here, and I, and I was I like, oh my gosh, that. Herschel Walker has a restaurant downtown. This is going to be amazing. Herschel Walker is awesome. He lives in Texas, so I don't know how he runs the restaurant here, but awesome. This is great. And then I got there, and it was not so great. But it got, does not change the fact that— Got to be how, honest. I hope it's the first thing you failed at. Yes. <laughs> I'm just saying it's so awesome for Herschel to have Herschel Walker back. Welcome back, Herschel, to the state of Georgia, where you have not lived for several decades. So— Georgia. What are we talking about today? Uh, or jerseys? Jerseys? So Georgia on, football. That was the right guys. way to handle that. Georgia, Georgia, I handled yeah. that just fine. Yeah. So Georgia football this Georgia year. Football. Um, Let's have some macro conversations. Before so we get into very big picture. I don't know if you've heard. Expectations are running high. I do not think Kirby should be fired if Georgia doesn't win the national championship and go 15-0. and 0. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Uh, let's go ahead and are lay that out there. Are we getting an extra there. Hawaii game? Is that- we are... <laughs> 11, 12. No, you're right. 15. Sorry. I'm going to say, I'm not great at math, right. but I think I got no, that one. Sorry, right. you're right. Um, uh, so despite what despite what the folks at ESPN think, um, I, for one, as a fan, do not think Kirby should be fired if we don't make the national championship game or win the national championship game. I, I, I think it's fair to say, though, reasonable expectations for Georgia are to seriously threaten for the SEC championship and have a playoff spot. 
couple reasons for that. I don't know if you noticed, but other than the Clemson game, the schedule is amazing. Mm-hmm. We like, kind of touched on that last week. This bit. is the schedule that we have said, frankly, Clemson and other programs have had. Right? Yeah, no, you're one, right. One super hard game and then a relatively easy path. We'll, we'll get to Florida in a minute. Um, but you know, there are legitimately two games on this schedule. If you want to break it down this way, there are two, there are two games on this schedule where you could look at in one game where you could say the other team matches Georgia talent for talent. And the, and there is another game on the schedule. We're talking about Clemson and Florida now where talent wise, they should match up. Maybe don't, but whatever. Second off, um, there is also an, an entire um, cottage industry in media. No offense, Will. Uh, in media. Sp- I abdicate that, my, I've abdicated my throne as the leader uh, of the media. Well, you're the sp- spokesperson of all media and internet. So um, there is an entire cottage industry that has sprung up, maybe rightfully, maybe wrongfully, over Kirby Smart won't adapt. <laughs> I, I, I posit that and I can be proven wrong on this, but I posit that that we were we were a quarterback sitting out for COVID and another quarterback being injured away from that being disproven the first three games of last season. Um, it, there's a whole lot of, well, you know, a, what would have happened if blah, blah, blah had not, what, what we, we don't know, right? We just don't know. But it's hard for you to look at the last four games of last season. Just hear me. Hold the thing. I'm sorry. I just don't want to interrupt you because I can't get the ice out and I don't want to interrupt him. And then I, I end up disrupting him. Yeah. Right, not sorry. Uh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I just fixed Will's ice problem again. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm like a kids who shoot. You have to stop and tie every five minutes. <laughs> so okay, I, I just think it's, I think it's interesting that you, it almost feels it's either wish casting or, there's a lack of intellectual honesty because you're trying to develop a narrative that you don't care if it's proven right or wrong to ignore what happened in the last four games. Now we can have, you can have an honest debate about, about JT and his time at, at Southern Cal about JT and the competition he faced. That's fine, but you cannot have an honest debate and not look at the way Georgia's offense looked the last four games of the season, the bowl game and think that, and, and frankly, hiring Jeff Monken, uh, and not think that Kirby Smart has looked at the the where college football is today, and where he needs to be if he wants to bring a crystal football for for a recruit to break in three years, right? So, I will start the conversation there. I like that Orson Charles reference. <laughs> well, he's our guy, so uh, and he broke Florida's national he championship, he which he's always golden in my book. Yeah. Um, so. The, the last thing I will say about this is like, dog, our defense is going to be amazing. Defense doesn't win championships anymore. I'm not ready to say that totally with all honesty and conviction, mm-hmm. but because um, I'm bald and old, but um, I think our, I think our defense. Adapt, I can adapt, right. <laughs> uh, unlike Kirby Smart, damn mm-hmm. it. Um, I, think our, I think our defense is going to be super, super, super good. And I'm really excited about this season. Um, I, I, I tried to, on my way over here, evaluate kind of my emotions on, on this game. Self-audit. Self-audit. There you this go. This game of the season. This No, this the season. I'm okay. sorry, the season. I You know, it's interesting. This is almost one of, almost always one of my favorite times because I finally get to, like, 
evaluate, like look at the big picture as opposed to, because I get the question all the time, what do you think about Georgia this year? I, students come and ask me the question when I, you know, my friends, people that know I pay attention to Georgia football ask me that question. And I'm always like, I think we're going to be fine this year, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, I assume at the end of this podcast, we're going to stake out a position. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to stand by until Scott deletes it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am legitimately excited about this season in a way I haven't been since 2018. Uh, I, I, when I looked at 2019, I thought things could go really well for us, but you know we're, we're replacing some parts, and we can talk about the offense. Did you feel that way ahead? I was excited about 2018. 2018? Yeah. Oh yeah, 18. Absolutely, I was fired up. So fired I was up. fired up, but were we like, oh, they're gonna? Oh, I felt like I felt like we were on the way to something really special in 18. In 19, I was like, okay. The team could be really good, and it was. In 20, it was like, okay, who else is going to beat us in the East? And, and, and that, that, is all a, um, that was all a product of where we were, the quarterback situation and, and, and the, the COVID year breaking a new offensive coordinator. So I am willing to take out a position right now that I, 2018, I feel this way. I feel, the, I feel about this season the way I felt about 2018. The, the bonus here is that Auburn has a new coach. Tennessee has a new coach. Did two, Tennessee had two? It was like, an even year. So yeah, they had a new coach in eighteen. Um, so you know what else is even? <laughs> Four fingers on Kevin Mason's yeah. hand. Scott off the top rope. <laughs> yeah, I can. Yeah. I get. I get the credit for the points, but Scott gets the assist by a lot. Um, <laughs> I think. Um, I, I. I just feel really excited about the season. I. I, I will not deny that. I am. Uh, Every time I think about, okay, well, maybe I can go to Tennessee. Maybe I can mm-hmm. go to Vanderbilt. I can't go to Vanderbilt. Maybe I can, you know, figure out a way to go to Auburn, right? I've, you know, I, I, I'm just, I'm really excited about this. So I've got a question for you because I, I feel the same way. I'm excited about the season. Uh, I've read a lot about it. I, I can't stop thinking about, you know, what's going to happen in 10 or 11 days, depending on when you hear this podcast. Um, however, the injuries, the 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 fact that George Pickens won't be suplexing anybody in the end zone. Maybe he will on the sideline if someone kind of comes near. But I'm worried about the injuries. But then on the other hand, I'm confident in the depth and the classes that Kirby has stacked and all these wide receivers that I've kind of heard of uh, that people are raving about in practice um, to where typically in years past – the injuries in the news, like the, what came down last week with the, the Darnell Washington and Tyke Smith, that just gets me down and takes me down. But this time, it, it, it almost deflected. It's almost like I, I have a shield on because I, I trust the process. I know that's an overused phrase, but I'm not, I'm not getting – it's going to have to be very evident to me when I see them play to, to get possibly concerned. And, of course, you won't feel that way. Maybe you'll feel the same way you did in the first half of Arkansas last year. We were like, oh, my God, we're not ready. Um, but uh, Quick, what was the name of the quarterback that started that game? Dewan Mathis. Okay, Wait a minute, for Georgia? Yeah. yeah, Georgia. It was Dewan okay. Mathis. I know, yeah. but that's, that's the point. Is that yeah, like, right. like, literally, like... I thought you meant for Arkansas. I, like, I kind of uh, wanted, uh, wanted Tony to... Brandon Brian Harson. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just curious if every single person could do that off the top of their no. head, the way that Tony could. No, and I which couldn't is, have. And, and we're, you know, this is a Georgia football podcast, where we talk about Georgia football, and that was the starting quarterback for Georgia's first game. I thought game. I, Rutgers <laughs> starting quarterback I was going to say Brandon Allen, but that was a former Arkansas. Rutgers, I think. Yeah. No, Temple. Temple, Temple. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. They went Rutgers Temple. adjacent, but yeah. So, so really, I'm not as worried because I just, I just know that we got Jack Saint, we've got Arian Smith, we've got Jermaine Burton coming back, you know, and then Blaylock when he gets better, you know. I mean, 
there's only so many receivers you got on the field. You know, even if you're going four wide, there's only one football. There's only one football, and we've got a stable of running backs. And thank God they've been relatively healthy through the the preseason. But yeah, I mean, so so really to couch that in years past, these little bits of news or injury or something, but it would have been falling off of me. I would have been going, <laughs> oh my gosh, what are we going to do? But I just don't feel that way. And I might be I might be snowed over, but I don't feel that way this year. Are you are you not list dog on Twitter? I'm just curious. <laughs> No, you're definitely not. I'm very Munsonish. Yeah. I have to say though, that is a very logical way to respond to what Georgia has done, which is to say, like, listen, the Pickens injury it hurts. Right. Like Pickens was Pickens was special in a way that like you can't like easily replace that. But you know, the whole like, listen, either the stacking class on class on class thing works or it doesn't, and if it works. Like I'm sorry, but when was the last time you saw like, ooh man, Alabama? It's just the injuries is just waylaid. Well, they lost Jalen Waddle last yeah. year. <laughs> like, hey, how many how many coordinators is Alabama replacing this year? Yeah. No one cares, <laughs> yeah. right? And and I just think if if injuries are knocking you out, you're not recruiting the way that Georgia and Alabama and Clemson are, and I think and, and even Ohio State to a, to extend as well. And I think I think that's what it's about. That is that is why. You go back to your point, Tony. The idea that is Kirby smart in trouble. Is Kirby smart in trouble? Is like there's. It's not even on the horizon. Now, there are still chains of events that could potentially lead to that point. At a certain level, if Georgia say loses two or even three games this year and does not win the SEC East, then those recruits start getting whispers in their ear, and then it becomes then it becomes why would you go there? They can't win it. Why? I, the, the, they did a great uh, Solid Verbal did a great recruiting uh, did a great podcast this year where they had a theoretical top shelf su- Southern high school quarterback who got a pitch from Alabama and a pitch from Georgia, and uh, and Ty took the Georgia part. And um, Dan took the Alabama part, and basically Ty was like, "Look what you can do at Georgia. Look, we can come here to Georgia. Look at all the things you can do. Look, you can be the one that takes this program to the promised land." And Dan, as the Alabama guy, said, "Yeah, but I've already done all of those things mm-hmm. at Alabama, and I don't have to like like maybe you'll do them, or maybe you won't." And I think that as the no George, no reasonable Georgia fan is gonna. They are circling the wagons against this kind of outside talk of is Kirby smart in trouble? Can he adapt? Can he do quarterbacks? All that stuff that people like to like to post, if you will, uh, uh, on Twitter about. And they will, and they should. That's the correct response to it. But that's only that's really only true as long as the recruiting continues the way that it is. And that to me will be the sign. Like that is when, and I don't think we're even any no. close to that no. to be as clear as possible. But those things that, like your Adam Rittenbergs and those guys are talking about, that is that will be the canary in the coal mine. If you see if if they have a a year like this one, which I think leads into the into the preview of the show, which is it is all set up for them this year. Like it is undeniable that it is all set up for them. Maybe they're going to do it. Maybe they're not. But you kind of can't ask for a better opportunity than this. Yeah. Last year, you could totally could have asked for it. You would have not played at Alabama, for example. You would have not had JT Daniels hurt for the first five games of the year. This has, other than Pickens, uh, this is all you would possibly hope for. And that's what makes it a little bit more challenging, is that now the expectations are, yeah, you better at least, at minimum, 
get in the SEC championship game and play a great. And if you're gonna lose, oh yeah, lose, lose the last minute, yeah, yeah, like like, like eighteen. That's yeah. the minimum. That's like super hard. <laughs> like that's a really high minimum, and that's where you are. And and even and and listen, you can do that. And if you beat Clemson, that's okay too. But like the point is, is that like that is where they are. And I, will I look if 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 they don't get that? Will I say Kirby Smart doesn't know how to coach this team? No, of course not. But if you're looking for like a chain of events that leads to recruiting starting to shave off just a little, not saying they're gonna like suddenly collapse or fall on like out of the top twenty, but they fall out of the top three. That's how that happens. Right now, as long as they're recruiting the way that they are, I don't think there's any reason to be you want to win it. There's a reason to be concerned. There's reason to be urgent because you want to win, but I don't think there's reason to be concerned. However, if you start to see that recruiting number start to drop just a little, that makes it to where those injuries start to hurt. Mm-hmm. And that makes it to where all of a sudden you're like, wow, actually, they don't have anybody here. I think you could, any reasonable person, most people uh, that are criticizing uh, Kirby for his quarterback stuff, not included in this, but any reasonable person can look and say, okay, the quarterback situation, a lot of stuff landed exactly wrong. Like it's weird to say, like, well, Georgia can't uh, uh, can't figure out the quarterback situation when they literally there are three people that play in Georgia that are go- that have a chance to be starting quarterbacks in the, the, uh, the on the quarterback rosters right now and two could potentially be starting. And and the one that ran two of them off is not one of those three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like the uh, but that's also part of the problem. Uh, well, but see, that's the thing is that like you know how you find yourself in the situation where you have uh, uh, two NFL quarterbacks go over your third NFL quarterback as a, as a college football coach is that you recruited the crap out of quarterbacks. Yeah. And so I think that that, as long as that's working, I think that everything is fine and there will be people have point of faith, but like recruiting, recruiting is not just like making a great sell on the phone or getting down in the, in the room. It is, it is that. No, it's selling people on a vision. And, and it's, it's being like, we're going to do it here, and here's what we're going to do. And every year that they don't do it, or if they have a year that is a clear and obvious step back. Now, you can argue last year was a step back, but A, it was COVID year. Everything was crazy. B, they finished really strong with a quarterback who was back in a really good situation. So I think that you can forget, not even forgive, but like you, you can put last year in the context without having to say they took a big step back. But if they lose to Clemson and lose to Florida this year, that is when people are like, wait, what is the vision here? And that's fine. I will still believe that like things are going good, but that's when recruit that's when you better be able to sell everybody in the room. And I think as long as recruiting's working, he's got all the time he needs. But Recruiting is not just a button that you keep pushing and saying, good, recruiting, good, recruiting, good. It's all about context. It's all it, And frankly, narrative is a part of context. Those guys in Texas and those guys, those guys you're recruiting, they, the other coaches are going to be there and be like, yeah, you want to win a championship, though. You got to go to Alabama. You got to go to Clemson. You got to do all those things. And maybe that's all a national narrative thing happening, but... Narrative counts in recruiting, and I think that is why you don't have to win it this year, but you need to not take a big step back. And part of the problem is the list is Alabama and Clemson, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. if if it were Southern Cal and Oklahoma, Georgia wouldn't be in this situation. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, or if we, it was spread out a little bit more. Well, look, look, we this is well plowed land on our part, mm-hmm. right? And then we'll we'll actually start breaking down Georgia. Is there any other program that? If, if Georgia were in any other conference, any other conference, 
maybe the Big Ten. Maybe the Big Ten. Would we be having this conversation about Georgia? If they hadn't won a title in 40 years we're recruiting at the level they would, maybe. Right. Yeah. If instead of hitting second and 26, he underthrows or... Uh, but they don't win a title. A no, they win not. a title in 17. Well, we're not having this. No, we're not having okay. this. Okay. All right. I just want, I want to make sure that, that we, because I agree with you. We were right. Yeah. Georgia wins the SEC championship in 18 yeah. instead of going for a fake punt mm-hmm. uh, or whatever happened. I, whatever I, the, I, the, the field whatever, play, whatever yeah. thing that happened, right? Oof. That was bad. Yeah, please don't at me. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Just, for the record, that was re- just like I was actually like flipping through. I found myself like fired up. I was actually watching like some of their losses, mm. which I feel like it's kind of important. Oh, God, yes. I think it's important. I've never done that before. I feel like there's something to it because there were so many great moments in all those losses. Like I don't want to watch the game where they got wiped out at home against Alabama. I don't want to watch that one. Yeah. But watching the title game, watching the SEC championship game, I can't watch eleven. Yeah. By the way, by, I, I know I know very well what happened. Okay, so if you want to add me, it's at dog underscore stats. Uh, I think there's so, value in in looking at games. But no, there is. There is. The, like there was a moment where literally Kirby had to tell the Georgia fans to settle down in the SEC championship game they lost to Alabama. Yeah, I was there. I was, was there. So I was am- there. I was sitting in the Alabama section. I was there and in twelve. Alabama, and Alabama <laughs> fans were. They were like, 19 it's, we're done. We're, we've lost. So, like, the idea that, like, it's just Georgia fan exuberance or event, like, we've thought they've had it. Right? And so, but yeah, if they haven't won one, right. I, I think this is still going to be part of the narrative until they do. Sure. So, if, if Georgia makes the college football playoff in 18, are we having this conversation? Yes. Without winning. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm just Without curious. Winning. I'm just curious because yeah. I, I... The Alabama part's different, which, but until they can win the big one... But what's crazy winning. to me is a program that is not... Is in the, exactly the same situation in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. That's not the narrative. I agree. Which is crazy. I agree. But they won one in like early 2000s. Right. They've won one. I mean. By the way, the kids being recruited right now were two when that happened. I know, but they're also not writing the narratives. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no, no that's my point. That's my right. point. Right. Is that part of it is, and this gets back to Kirby's uh uh, um, prickliness with the media a little bit, right? Um, Which has so, come back around a little. Bit. Come back around a little, yeah. So, all right. So let's. Can we talk about the season? Let's now? talk about actual yeah. football. Um, actual football. So I'm I, just trying to set the stakes. So I, this, I think that's important. Yeah. Like this is what we're doing. No, here. I agree with you. Let's start with defense because I think we can both agree. Both, all three of us can agree. Four of us count Seth, who's been really quiet. <laughs> yeah. Um, that Chad's got him in a Chad. Head. Chad. He has on the gimp suit now. Yeah. Um, and just by this gimp suit, the gimps only had the mask on. For the record, this is the official uniform of athletic writers. Like, right? You know yeah. I think like, it is all required gear yeah. to, uh, to, um, to make. Uh, you should see Stu Mandel. He looks good. Stu does look he good in leather. Felvin Lesso. So, the, I think our defense could be so good. Um, the interesting part to me is that the back end is the part that you want to be worried about. My opinion is, even though Tyke Smith will be out, I think we're fine on the back end. Um, I, I I don't say this lightly. I don't know if you saw Richard LeCount got a game-saving, pre, preseason game-saving interception, so he is definitely back. But him getting hurt last year was a little bit of a blessing because it gave a lot of playing time to guys, uh, especially in a, a very... Seen. Yeah, seen in particular, but Brandy too. Yep. Um, in a place where we probably would be hurting the most had they not gotten that, that experience. Um, dude, we're, I, we have in that first game, if, if you care about off uh, defensive lines, 
the best matchup between the two best off- defensive lines. I keep saying offensive. Two best defensive lines. And you know, I say defensive lines, I don't mean starting three or four. I mean rotation-wise um, will be Georgia and Clemson, period, full stop. Um, so one of the things I did is, is I updated my, my own personal depth chart. That's, I mean, I do remember Dewan Mathis started, but that's how I knew off the top of my head Dewan Mathis started. I updated my depth chart. There were so many guys, particularly on the defensive side, where I just like, I just changed their class here, right? Um, Jordan Davis, Trevon Walker, Devontae Wyatt, and then even in the, in the second level with, with um, Nolan Smith, Adam Anderson, um, you know, or Nicobe Dean and Adam Anderson, uh, Nolan Smith played behind, um, I don't remember, that's some guy. Yeah. Um, who, was the, who was the big linebacker? Monty Rice. Monty Rice, thank you. Um, so, you know, that, that in and of itself, I mean, there's so many guys in the two deep and, and frankly three deep that have played substantial minutes in a season where there were only nine football games. That's crazy. And then they're like freshmen put it, pushing for playing time in those positions. And then when you go on the back end, you have um, you have some some uh, you have some freshmen that will probably get on the field. And, and I've even read that Keely Ringo is back in the mix. Keely Ringo is one of the ones that came to mind immediately. Um, but you know, I, I just think Cena and Brenny are just going to be crazy good. I think Tyke Smith's going to be really good. Um, it, it could even be like almost like a, a throwback to Thomas Davis, Greg Blue. That would be amazing. Uh, but. You know, Thomas Davis and Greg Blue would have would have sat a lot of games because of some of the hits that they delivered back then. Let's hope that those <laughs> yeah. don't really follow. They wouldn't do them now. They, they wouldn't do, do them, them now. now. But man, they were a force back there uh, in the what free safety and strong safety. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Chris Smith, who whose name I butchered seventy four times already. This it's season. hard to butcher the name Chris Smith. Well, it's because I I got the podcast name wrong, guys. Um, I mean, that guy's gonna start strong safety, and he played a bunch with. Um, he played a bunch with LeCount gone. And it's it, that's so crazy that when you look when you look backwards, think about how important all the, the reps are. But that's one of the great things of like you know, a lot of times we'll see guys shuffling in and out, shuffling in and out the whole game. I mean, we have a ton of these guys that are retro freshmen because they haven't played four games. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, that's crazy. They're retro sophomores because they haven't played four games. I mean, they're gonna be playing by the time that they get to play by the time they cancel one of those Oklahoma games, right? Right. Like, by the time the S- by the time the SEC is playing by themselves because yeah. of the Alliance on the moon on the moon, um, it's it's really the defense is going to be really special. I mean, we're the second best defense in the nation last year by Bill Con or third best by Bill Conley, second best by a bunch of different metrices. Um and that's that's great. But because you do you do have to slow teams down. On um, the other part about it is, I think we'll see. Uh, and we're already seeing that with um, who is who's the guy that keeps dropping back into coverage? We'll we'll see drop back in Nolan Smith, right? Or or maybe is Adam Anderson will drop back in coverage a little more as a, as a like a second star mm-hmm. on those spread plays. Um, I mean, Lanning and Kirby have been adjusting the defense to to take into account for this, uh, and that's an underrated part of what we will probably see this season. Like gone are the days where you win a bunch of games twenty. Oh. 20 to 10 or 20 to 14. You or, can have a great defense and give up 24 points. No, in a heartbeat. Yeah. A great right, defense. Right. Yeah. Gone are the days, I was just about to say, gone are the days where, and it's something if you listen to this podcast long enough, you've heard me say it more than once, a 24 to 13 ass beaten, mm-hmm. right? Where they score 13, seven of the points are on a super short field because you made a mistake, and the other nine points are, or other six points are because 
you know, you gave up one big play on two drives. Well, there might be a lot of games this year that we've seen in the past, primarily against Auburn, it, it seems to happen, where you're never up by too much, but you don't feel that worried about the yeah. way that the game is. I think that's kind of to what you're talking about because what you said, they might roll off three touchdowns, you know, maybe add in an extra field goal. You know, yeah. they've got 24, but, you know, it's kind of like, okay, well, they've just kind of crept up, you know, a, a touchdown a quarter, you know, that happens. But, uh, you know, with the, the way that the offense is, is going to look, combined with, you know, the guys you just mentioned, I mean, sure, you lose guys like Monty Rice and Richard LeCount, but like you said, you've got the next Roquan Smith potentially, potentially in, yeah. in multiple spots on the defense. Yeah, and so in, in looking at the offense, I, I I went back and looked. It's been a long time. I mean, we won one game last year where we scored fewer than twenty eight points. That right. was Kentucky, fourteen to three. Um, I mean, the, I I don't like to admit this, but the day of being able to man ball someone, and I'm not saying Georgia's going to man ball people. I think we will. Oh, I think there's going to be a, a I think South Carolina. Right. I think there'll be a healthy dose of games where we get a 14 point lead that looks like it's going to be, you know, 48 to seven, and we win. 30 to 7, right? Or 24 Which, to 7. I'm, as I get older, I don't care about, I don't care about I that. I kind of appreciate those. Right, sure. Little. They go well, faster. Well, Tony's, to, and, and to your credit, Will, y'all pointed that out. You know, the not only the, the man ball, but the crock pot. Yeah, the crock pot. You know, yeah. I mean, or that's, the, the, that's Spencer Hall, but yeah, I'll yeah. take credit for it. Yeah. <laughs> or hold them until they kick and yeah, they, they, they die. That, yeah, Spencer Hall is to hold, the, hold them in the hold them in the air to the legs, kick, kick them right. they die. Those are, crock those pot are, is, is solvable. Those, oh, can, solvable. those can be some of the most entertaining games to watch. Yeah, and I think I think we want to be careful that we, um, as long as we recognize that there is a method to that madness and it's not born out of fear of messing something up. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I, you've heard, you will have heard me complain about Mark Rick taking his foot off the gas plenty. Frankly, I think Kirby Smart has done that a couple of times. And usually towards coaches that he's friends with or used to be his assistant. Right, right. <laughs> or so, that he wants to come coach on his yeah, team for yeah. special teams. Per- perhaps, and perhaps. It, and it apparently pays off. It pays off because, you know, well, my champ. Uh, but, I, you know, I think we will see some games this season where Georgia gets a. Um, it's very clear from game flow that Georgia is winning. And in the way I think you'll be able to recognize that um, that it is different is that if someone scores a quick strike touchdown, we, we put our foot back on the gas. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. So, uh, all right, DJ, go, uh, go do some, mm-hmm. go do some quarterback. Right. Um, and I, Who's DJ, huh? Who's DJ? DJ. GT. JT, sorry. Yeah. With DJ thinking, Daniel. I was thinking Yuga Lele. <laughs> no, DJ like, Daniel from last year. Okay. Right. You knew I was going to mess this up. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, so, JT, go do some quarterback. I'm just saying that, like, he's no Nick Fromm. He is <laughs> no Nick Fromm. Uh, and I hope we don't have a nickname for him like Nick Fromm. Right. Uh, it's no, DJ. He's, but it would be DJ. He is yeah, DJ, DJ Fromm. If you hear us uh, mention the word DJ Fromm, uh, things have gone sideways. <laughs> things have gone sideways. So <laughs> DJ I mean, Fromm sounds like the absolute worst like D, like like hip hop artist. Yeah, DJ Fromm. Like, yeah. DJ Fromm is like totally problematic. It's like one of those Facebook <laughs> things where they say, what's the last thing you ate and the color of your sheets and that's your rapper's name or something like DJ that. Fromm. DJ Fromm. Oh li- yeah. That is definitely like a huge like Huge into like the Buffalo Country Club yeah. scene. Uh, yeah, he like he like he does a lot of violent films. Frankly, like frankly, head, DJ, DJ Fromm opens for DJ Jazzy Jeff. Yes, yes. at the Buffalo Country Club. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> DJ Jazzy Jeff. He's about, anyway. Yeah. So, are we talking about?
again. I'm no, just oh, so, no. so I think that like maybe like I think we need to talk about uh, JT Daniels, uh, not DJ. <laughs> I actually do think we need to talk about him because it does feel here. Here's a thought uh, experiment. Let's say that JT Daniels never transfers to Georgia. Okay. Let's say he transfers, whatever to somewhere else, Michigan. Yeah. You know, like uh, you know, somewhere. So he transfers to Georgia. A. Who's the quarterback right now? And B. What are we talking about for this season? It'd probably be Carson Beck or Brock Vandergriff. Uh, no, I think it's the King kid of, at Miami. Oh, oh you okay. Do. So you're okay. So you're thinking like he transferred. Yeah, that, that that checks out. Okay, maybe, maybe. Yeah, Derek King. So he'd have been starting last year. Altogether possible. Yeah. What would last year look like? Okay, well, ignore what that happened. <laughs> okay, ignore that Pretend one. Pretend JT Daniels is not here, but everybody else is, and there's no new person that's coming here, which is probably not it's what probably, happened. Probably Carson Beck. Yeah. And so... It's, or Dewan Mathis might still be here. And I think you mm. can make a pretty good argument that a large part of the enthusiasm that we have locally and nationally, the idea of like, okay, everything's set up for Georgia this year, is based in the idea that JT Daniels, A, looked good, and B, is back when so many other of the big powers don't have their quarterbacks back from last year. Yeah. So here's my question. As we watched Daniels last year, obviously the offense was a billion times better. With Daniels, to be fair, it was better than the guy. It looked so much better because he took over for the guy that's currently fourth on the depth chart. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, for what it's worth. Although. Yes, if something happens in game one, he's probably starting. He's starting. Yeah, I think that's true. Or, or playing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think if Daniels, gets hit, off the if Daniels gets hit by a truck tonight, yeah. I Bet Stats have been the starting. Oh, he's first off the bench. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I bet he is. I bet he is. I just think that like that. What that? I just, I just think that, that's who. Now game four, about. it's probably Carson back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I, and for the record, if I, if they were playing UAB first, I bet it wouldn't be him. Be Vandergriff or Carson back? Yeah. Okay. But I, but I think because it would be Clemson, I think he would go with someone that knows yep. how to run. All the that's a good point. Yeah. And so hopefully that won't happen. Hope. But more to the point. A lot of the love, like, yes, Georgia's offense looked so much better when Daniels took over and looked so much better to Todd Munkin's system. It's still, like, I thought Daniels actually underthrew some deep balls last year. Agreed. It's weird to talk about. I feel a little bad saying it because everyone always talks about, like, wow, like, Daniels gives Georgia the deep game that they didn't have last year, which is true. But he did underthrow some guys last year. I think, like, like we are, we need to. Oh, he's no, his, got the arm to do it. His mechanics were crap last but year. But he did underthrow guys last year. I, I don't want us to like pretend that didn't happen. Like there were times where he underthrew. Pickens had had to go back and make some great catches last year with him. Now, I'm not saying that Daniels can't make that throw. I'm just saying the idea that he has consistently thrown uh, two or th- made two or throws uh, is not something that we have seen yet. I do. I think that. Like I'm, I'm, I foolishly grabbed the, the dog time. That's uh, not foolish. Guide. I, it's just That's you. a good investment. I, I they, they don't sell the media guides at the bookstore anymore, which mm. is selling. Uh, how lucky, by the way. Way to go, UGA Yay! bookstore. I'm very happy to see that. Um, but more to the point, um, they, 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 they're looking at. They have Daniels as first team All SEC, second team All American. <laughs> that seems aggressive to me. Uh, do I think that Daniels is? Puts them in a much better situation. Absolutely. I also think that there's still stuff he needs to show. And I think that, like, I think that so much of the idea that Georgia is uh, so set up this year is based on the idea that they have a quarterback that works in Munkin's system, which is true. But I also don't think that, like, 
right now, do I think Daniels is a better quarterback than Jake Fromm was at the end of the 2018 season? I don't. <laughs> like, I don't. Like, I, again, watching these games that they lost, let's not forget how freaking awesome Jake Fromm was in the national championship game. Like, I think we've all got this idea. One of the frustrating things about the idea of, the, like, well, he could have, they could have had Justin Fields is that, like, Jake Fromm was amazing throwing the ball at several several opportunities. Daniels, right now, is still a guy that's going to be making... He started basically a season and a half. One yeah. USC and half a season in Georgia. Well, I mean, but not even a full season in yeah. USC, right? Yeah, right, right. He's basically a season and a quarter. I, I, I know on this podcast I'm always a guy that's a little bit more skeptical of the quarterbacks than everybody else is. But I do think that a large part of the reason everyone's assuming that George is in such a good position is because they think Daniels is a top-shelf quarterback. I think he's obviously the best quarterback they had last year, and it's clear the guy should be starting now. We'll see. I, I'm not willing to say he's a—I mean, is he a top-shelf in that he is a top-tier quarterback in the nation, meaning top 15? Sure, I don't think he's going to be Joe Burrow. I mean— yeah, I think he's tough. I would say it's top, fair to assume he's top fifteen. Yes. Top fifteen, right? I don't think he's Joe Burrow. But right? like a lot or, of these guys, a lot of these guys, like you look at Clemson, you look at Alabama, or you look at Ohio State. That's the reason that people are up on Georgia. A the schedule, right? But B also that three of the top teams have unproven quarterbacks. Sure. At some point, I don't know which ones. Maybe all of them. Probably not none of them. But those guys are going to prove themselves. Yeah, of course. Like they're going to be amazing. Right. Like there was a time where Lawrence but, had not proven himself either. And then you're like, oh, this guy is obviously and, the best and, quarterback. And uh, DJ Ugalele has proved done himself more than, yeah. last year yeah. at Notre Dame. Yeah. So, so, I, I, mean, so I just think that like Daniels is more proven than those guys are now. Sure. But does he have their – are we sure he has their ceiling? If they – like clearly if the starting quarterback for Clemson or Alabama or Ohio State – Someone I mean, trust those guys. I think there's only one team that has the same tools to work with that he does, and that's Alabama. Yeah, I think I, I wish Pickens were here. Oh yeah, yeah I wish. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm not talking about the first game. I'm talking yeah. about season season yeah. long, yeah. right? Um, and also, he has something going for for him that other quarterbacks don't have, and that's a sex mustache. Oh, I mean, so I think I mean, that's just on his profile picture. I don't yeah. think he has that. Just a, but I mean, the Doc Holiday yeah. mustache. Yeah. He. He should never shave that mustache. I will say, if you're talking like quarterback sex symbols among like co-eds here, I'm much more Daniels than I am from. From was always a little bit too cheesy for me. Well, Daniels, but, but, Daniels but, is quirky. Look, Daniels is quirky. He's a Cali guy too. too. From had very much his. He knew his lane, right? He knew exactly where. Look, I mean, look. It's uh, it's uh, from from a straight up uh, uh, Bourbon Street and uh, Boar's Head, right? Um, yeah, I think. I think there's a there's a whole world out there where um, where where JT is doing uh, some some really good business at other places, and uh, <laughs> it's because of the mustache. Obviously, let's let me think of from aside for a moment. On the last podcast, we did not even talk about Jake Fromm showing up at the in the at the end of the exhibition game for Buffalo. I don't know if you saw that, but Fromm came in. He barely played even in the exhibition. Didn't play it all last year. Had barely played the exhibition before because he he's still, still the COVID quarterback. Because he though. was still yeah, and he was yeah, exactly he was still reeling from the text thing and all that sort of issue. And he came in and threw a perfect. pass. Oh God, yes, I do remember this. Threw an absolute perfect pass to win a game, essentially win a game for Buffalo during the exhibition. It's exhibition. Who cares? But I thought it was telling not that he'd done that, but like. Why did it hurt Jake Fromm to leave early? Forget draft position. Forget all that. Like, if Aaron Murray would have done that, 
in an exhibition game. We've been like, did you guys see what Aaron did? That's amazing. And there is a distance that Georgia has. There is a distance. Isn't that cute? Just a pause. Hold on, hold on. Finish your thought. No, I, I no. I, okay. There's a I'm so sorry. No, Scott, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Scott has gone and got the only beer that I would actively not. Are there more of those? I don't know. I, do you Where did one? you find it? I have these. This I is... always want a Pony High Life. It's a hand grenade Pony Miller High Life. It's a Pony High Life. Yeah. So I don't know if you've ever been the, to the state of Milwaukee, but um, <laughs> the state uh, of Milwaukee. there is there is the there is not a single bar in Milwaukee that's not serve a Bloody Mary with a, a Pony High Life. Back. It's so good. It's amazing. It's so refreshing. It, it's also 84 degrees out well, here. Well, so. I was going to say it's 95 degrees with 95% humidity. And, and believe me when I said what I said last week, the answer is always bourbon. But if you bring a Pony High Life up in here, I'm going to partake. Well, so. I'm glad that I know that about you because who knows when I feel like it's the gift-giving season. It's it's just – give me a High Life. I'll yeah. drink I'll drink all eight of them in the pack. By the way, I mean it's a <laughs> pack. Nice. Well, that's impressive because it's, last week you were so steadfast on just bourbon, bourbon, well, bourbon. No, you just but yeah. you, you implicit the champagne of beers. Implicit in your implicit in your question was something. Just it's always bourbon. Yeah. It's okay, but high life. Yeah, why not? Nice. So it's you're going on like about really you're going on about Nick Fromm. It's also really hot outside. It is so really like, hot. Uh, so are we drinking high lifes and champagne? We'll get the champagne in a hey, minute. I've got a ton of cold beer in there. Would y'all like a cold beer? I would love a cold beer. I have to tell you, I'll take a high life. I hope I have another one. If, if you, you don't, don't, that, don't bring take, me one. Uh, you know, I like light domestic beers. I'm yeah, I'm not. I'm oh, not. Yeah. I'm not um, from a tune. I don't. I don't want a Bud Light. So anyway, so to finish by Jake Fromm point, my point is this is what Jake Fromm cost himself by leaving. Maybe probably not. Is wrong. the idea that we like he is forever like like for crying out loud, Nick Chubb is selling has been gone just as long. And he's selling a cereal that people are losing their minds over. Jake Fromm ain't selling no cereal. I forgot about that right yeah. now. That Frommios. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, and so uh, the uh, for me that that is what Jake Fromm cost himself. Jake Fromm could have been a Georgia legend, and he gave it up for logical reasons. I'm not saying that he was talking crazy, but I think that like we will never. Jake Fromm represented. The resurgence of Georgia football under under Kirby Smart. True. And he left at a time. There's always going to be perception, fair or not, that he left Georgia in a bad situation. And uh, I, I think that's I think that's fair. That's why we don't get excited about. We don't even mention that he had an exhibition thing and through this great pass. And, yeah. So thinking about um, uh, so back to Jenny. Scott's back with the, oh Jenny's back Jenny from the hood. Okay, so here's a selection. Oh, I'll take, we got I'll take classic city logger. Hi Jenny, I haven't seen you oh, tonight. Hi. We've got Bebo from uh, and a baby Bud Light. We got a baby Bud Light, <laughs> or we have uh, Tropicalia. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna have the baby Bud. Thank you very yes, much. Yes, of course. I'm gonna forgo beers because I'm having a Bud Light. Gotta have. Gotta have. The point. Cardinals are down 4-0. I gotta. Yeah, the, the Braves are tied. It's really right hot now. out here, Jennifer. Yeah, it's very hot. It's very hot. So if you were out of town to get me a get me an eight pack of pony beers, there's a, there's a fan. <laughs> I didn't have an extension cord for the yeah. fan. It's all right. Point is, JT Daniels. Um, all right, thank you. Thank you. Good to see you, Jenny. So, um, the point is that like he's got to prove that he is like so, a, lot, a lot's on him right now. So let's play out what happens if JT Daniels gets hurt in the Clemson game. I think I think sets in place. Um, if it's and does not start the next game, no matter what happens, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Oh, well, uh, she may be. So yeah, probably not. Um, 
the thing that is lost in all this mix is that so this has been what did have Georgia up at Alabama at halftime last year. Never happened. That's the <laughs> thing you cannot Let's prove not that. Forget that. There's no game film. Um, I will go on a limb here and say that after the Clemson game, there is probably not a there's probably not a game on Georgia's schedule until certainly the end of October and maybe the rest of the season that Georgia can't win purely with his running game. Yeah. Um, Once you talk about that running game, dude. Yeah, we haven't talked. Dude, about that game. and and that's why I brought the it up. Stable. That, that's why it is so weird. I mean, Georgia, Georgia has low key the best. Might have the best. Like sitting from where we are in August, running back room we've had in. I guess you could say Gurley. Gurley, Chubb, Michelle, but we really didn't know how great that room that room was because Michelle was a freshman, right? But we have Cook, we have White, we have McIntosh, we have Milton. Dejon Edwards is fifth string. Dejon Edwards fifth string. He would be starting on half the teams in the SEC, and I I think there's going to be a lot of looks where you're going to see two of these guys on the field. Have them run uh, like true receiver routes. Um, those guys are nightmares on 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 wheel routes. It's just what Georgia can do. It, look, is there is a possibility, and we'll we'll talk about the Clemson game next week. But if we're if we're where we are with the receiver room, with Washington still out, with we know that um, that Pickens is definitely going to be out, um, and you know Bur- you know Burton can't play, Blaylock can't play. If we're in that situation, I could see us doing a trivia uh, by ourselves, Cook being the leading receiver. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's a possibility. I, and not just a possibility. I think it's that's a hard decision for us to make if, if Scott and I are willing to in that position. You know, and all the ink is spilled on Milton and White. But, I mean, in my opinion, Kenny McIntosh is that guy that... Oh, and Cook. Yes. I mean, Agreed. Just... Just difference makers. Difference maker. Absolutely. I mean, number six is going to... Number six and number four are the guys that aren't talked about as much, but... There's a whole world when we get to November where people are like, well, Georgia's offense is just not there yet. And we look up and JT has, you know, 1,800 yards and Cook is second on the team in receptions with... 450 of those yards. I mean, there's, I mean, that's to altogether possible a world. So I, I think it's, um, I, I just, I mean, and like I said, we'll talk about Clemson next week, but there's still a world where we could, we could man ball and beat Clemson. I'm not saying we do. I'm not even saying that's what we want to do, but I, I see there's a world where that could happen just because we can run what we can do. And, and moving those running backs around and who we can put on the field at the same time, it, it can be a difference maker. Yeah. Yeah, I love the idea that, like, uh, Kirby man balls himself to a win to a Clemson. People are like, yeah, oh, I can't adjust. Can't adjust. Oh, dude. Oh, God. All day Sunday. It's a whole, the whole talking heads. Georgia thing. beat the number two team in the country. Yeah, but they didn't do it the way we think they should. They didn't do it the way we think they should. Yeah. Oh, God. It's going to sound like the Braves in the 18. Okay, so so uh, we've nailed it. Georgia wins. 
we like Georgia. Do we want to go start? Do we want to go through the schedule? Yeah, yeah quickly. Okay. Let's let's roll through the schedule. Okay, so obviously I don't know who they play week one. Apparently they're in it's a game. North Carolina. It's a game. So are we just gonna say win or loss? No, let's just go through the schedule first. Okay, and then uh, and put this in and like historic context. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's let's not pick the Clemson or Florida games, and then and then wins for everything else. Okay, yeah. Okay. So the, so uh, September fourth, obviously seven thirty. Uh, at night, if your TVs don't work, Scott, you can come by our place. We'll have the game. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, uh, Vox Hockley, big fan yeah, of the show. Yeah, he's great. He, he tweeted at me and said that he's got some help if I if I need it. So. Okay, good. He's yeah, a good, that's good, good dude. And then, and then my buddy Dwayne. Dwayne. I'm yeah. just saying that like I'm literally inviting you to my house if it doesn't work. Here. Know. You know where I live. No, I know. I have a lanai in a pool now. That's right. It's a, a lanai. A lanai. Basically. Uh, a leech Alexa nocturnal activity initiator. <laughs> Basically, all I think I need to do is plug something in. I know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyway. So, it means sleep. It means sleep. Yes, it yes. means, it means everything, cuddling. Wait, everything nocturnal hurts. initiator? Nocturnal, uh, nocturnal activity, activity initiator. It's <laughs> a so, lanai. Um, okay, so um, they got clips, obviously. Next game, the first tailgate. Yes. The first yeah, tailgate. Yeah, baby. 330 UAB, who, for the record, got top 25 votes. So, yeah, they like, did. They're not nobody. Right. Uh, top 25, but that, that is 330. By the way, who did not get top 25 votes, Scott? South Carolina. South Carolina! <laughs> uh, speaking of which, South Carolina's night game. Night game. Awesome. 7.30, boys. As long as they don't play a third-string quarterback, we're fine. Yes. Uh, September 25th at – it's not – the game's not noon, so it yeah, should be fine. Sure. Oh, wow. September 25th. Against uh, at, Vanderbilt, at Vanderbilt? At Vanderbilt. Uh, what time uh, would that be noon? Well, I'd, 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 I'd have to look at other uh, other schedules. Yes, is there, are, they that still, are they doing the SEC not, Network night game still? Yeah, yeah. That so, could be that. It could be a four thirty. I'd have to. This is, so here's the hard thing. A lot of people are like, oh, so where's Georgia going to play? I have to look at the schedule. Yeah, you gotta, right, got to look at the SEC. Yeah. Schedule. You got to do that soon, though. Yeah, I, I usually yeah, count I, on this. I do. I do need to do that this week. I'll 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 post it on the Georgia Sports Blog. Oh, you you, no, post ours? Hey, you know what? We have not put a blog post up. I'll, it's time for I'll tell you what, this week I'll put it together. Let's get some traffic. We'll, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll pop some numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll, I'll take some uh, really contrarian views about Georgia and how Kirby's not doing stuff. Hey, hey write a viral post. Yeah, viral post. Yeah. I'll get right on make that. It, make, it, make it get all over the internet. Get on the internet. Yeah. You know what? Uh, oh, kill the internet. Destroy the internet. Yeah. Break the internet. Break. Break. Wreck it, Ralph. Uh, October second. <laughs> I think it's Kim Kardashian. Arkansas guys, at Sanford Stadium. Guys, Arkansas is our. Uh, that's our low key favorite West team. Mm-hmm. Right I thought now. it was Mississippi. I thought it was Mississippi. I, I mean, mine's mine's LSU, but I love Mississippi. Kiffin, hundred percent. By the way, hundred percent vaccination. Jeez. That freaking crazy man. For the record, I'm going. By the way, to their oh the game Labor Day night on Labor Day night because I have to take my dad to the airport first thing on Tuesday. So we're just gonna get. So you and your dad are going. I, I'm not gonna make him go. Like he's that's he's not gonna it's too much. Okay. And I'm not gonna make him go watch like Are you hey, will yeah, go Louisville? No, it's just me. Like I'm just gonna yeah. go good and for you. drink some beer in the upper deck and, Man, uh, that's and so much fun. Yeah, it'll be a good time. So uh, uh but I Mississippi is my official SEC West team okay. moving forward. No, I agree with that. Okay. Yeah, so October second against Arkansas. October 9th, I know the game I'm going to uh, at Georgia at Auburn. I will be staying that's in Columbus. Up, that's up in the air for me right now. But oh, yeah, yeah. the closer we get to it, the more likely it is I'm going to go. I was staying with the Stevenson, uh, clan, Stevenson clan in, in Columbus. In Stevens. October 16th, home against Kentucky. So we, before, since yeah. that gets us to the opening week, yeah. are there any of those six games that give you heartburn? Five games that give you heartburn? 
No, six and games, not counting Clemson. No. We'll talk about Clemson next well, week. Ra- let's r- let's rank your worry. If you, if you had to, if you had to predict a game they would lose in or I don't think they're losing them. No, in order. In order, what's the most likely to lose? My answer of all those games is probably still at Auburn. Yeah, Kentucky. Yeah, I agree with that. You think it's Kentucky? I think Auburn's going to be a mess this year. I think so too. It's still I'd at love Auburn. To see it. If, if if Auburn were if it was Auburn at Georgia, I would probably pick Kentucky. Or if but they had Auburn, Gus Malzahn as coach, even still. Ooh, that is a damning indictment of their decision making over there. I, yeah, I know. Harson was not their first, second, or third choice. I mean, does it change? Does the, the fact that Harson also plays uh, based on the praise band does that change your mind? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Not not at all. You know what? Harson got COVID, right? What? There's no place for a mask and a skinny jeans. I can't take credit for that. That's Tiffany. That's Tiffany said that. <laughs> Thank you, Tiffany. <laughs> uh, so I'm blessing us all. First and then Kentucky. I'll, I'll be second for me. Then Arkansas. Agreed. That's where I would be. Yeah. Then UAB. Yes, that's where and I would then, be. In South, then Carolina, South Carolina, Carolina and Vandy. And Vandy. That would be right. Yeah. You thought South Carolina was going to win twelve? If they beat like, Clemson and uh, lose yeah. to UAB, by the way, I don't. I don't even. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Ah, uh, yeah, it's the whole thing. This is the big Illinois worry. They're going to beat Nebraska and lose to Texas Antonio. Who's good? Yeah, oh, yeah. The Roadrunners. Oh. Yeah. Um, all right. Beep, beep. Okay. okay <laughs> October thirtieth. Uh, Florida. Florida Gators Florida, in Jacksonville. I am going to that game. I have. I am. I um. I had uh, I decided I wasn't going right. My kids are in high school. They're they do band on Friday night. I was able to get a uh, I'm 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 literally doing a uh, a drop in Saturday morning, the early flight, getting a hotel room across the river. So I'm flying down, going to the game, flying back first thing Sunday. I uh, go talk it with Robert. Uh, so I and the Delta has flights so cheap to Jacksonville that especially the crappy flights. It's worth doing. And you got to think that Jacksonville will be a little better. I think one would hope. Well, I, it's, Jacksonville's I never like, going to be better. I feel like I just mean Scott. You have a question? Yeah, I don't have a question, but I that jogged my memory. I've got a friend. I doubt that. I have a friend that I spoke with for about thirty minutes last week. He is. Do they mar- have a room close to the stadium? <laughs> no. He is married to a Georgia grad. Okay. He is. I'm married to a Georgia grad. So am I. He did not go to Georgia. Okay. He uh, <laughs> is a big he's a big uh, Kansas City fan. Okay. Chiefs, Royals, everything. He lives in Atlanta now. And he is desperately looking for four tickets. He's been looking on StubHub. To, to Georgia, Florida. To Georgia, Florida. He's doing a bucket list trip with a couple buddies of his. He's looking for four tickets in the Georgia section. Rabid sports fan. I've run into him at Atlanta United Games. Uh, just the, the great a gym of a person. So if you if you know of any four tickets that come available, uh, let send me a, a direct message on Twitter or or, or whatever at the or the podcast. Let me know because I have a a good friend of mine who would love to introduce his friend to SEC football mm-hmm. and go to the Georgia Florida game. If you're if you're willing to sit in the Florida section, just wait till Kentucky beats them <laughs> yeah. in Lexington yeah, 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 yeah. on October second. There'll be tickets available. Right. Okay, so after the Florida game, it's November 6th. This is the one home game I will be missing this year. Mm. Yeah, you're me in uh, Spain. I'll be in Spain. Yeah, me too. Be I'll be in Spain. Spain. Wait, are you following me? I'm going me to space. Are you're you following fall- me to every trip I'm going on this year? I don't know. Uh, are you following me? I'm in uh, Illinois and Auburn are you really and now going to Spain? Spain. Me? Yeah. I don't even know where Spain is. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's, you, you just got to take the wrong turn in Albuquerque. 
Um, okay, so anyway, so November 6th, I'm missing that game. Though I believe my sister will you'll get to meet uh, oh, young good. Jill Leach. Jill's coming? I can't wait to meet her. They are, they are she sounds made up. And um, so she, so November 6th at Sanford Stadium, that's one game I'll miss. Uh, November 13th, I will be flying back from Spain this day uh, at Tennessee. Good old New Stadium. Uh, and then, then November 20th. Charleston Southern, I'm missing that game. Charleston I'm, Southern. Okay. I'm going on a cruise. So I will miss Charleston Southern and Georgia Tech. We get back the morning of Tech. I will be going to that game unless it rains. <laughs> Charleston Southern. Game, I kind of feel like it would it be the last time we meet. You got to go last time. Yeah. yeah. But I'll, be, I'll, I'll, I'll be getting on a cruise. Let's I'll be watching that game. By the way, the last time I got on a cruise, Georgia Southern beat Florida. I was so happy. I was in Florida. Georgia Southern beat Florida. I was not polite to Florida fans on that, mm, that cruise. Like that. It was a great week. Uh, last game of the year, November 27th at Georgia Tech. I will be there. At Bobby Dodd is also worth noting because I know how obsessive everyone was about the Atlanta Hawks. I know how much you love the Atlanta Hawks year-round and make, follow them constantly. So obviously you know that that night they host the New York Knicks. Amazing. Team, I did know I, that. I find that totally unbelievable. <laughs> and uh, But the point is, is I have already booked, because I always try to see my Knicks when they play in Atlanta. So, <laughs> so Holy H. Lifelong Knicks fan. <laughs> I mean, 22 years. And uh, that's pretty good. That's more than half. That's almost more than half my life. Uh, but more to the point, um, the uh, that uh, hopefully that game will not be a night game, which I'm sure it'll be noon, like it always is. But that's uh, uh, a full me and young William Leach experience where we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna watch Georgia stomp Georgia Tech. Let me then, introduce uh, you to the, the joy results. of Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be good enough to screw your life up and be good and to just play a, just to, to play, play a night game, yeah. uh, play it play, play a, a night seven, game, yeah. a seven thirty game on ABC. You know, if that happens, so. then because uh, uh, that's Tech. Then I'll, I'll have to fight. Uh, all the Atlanta Hawk fans here in Athens <laughs> who are still so obsessed over that team. I am obsessed. <laughs> but yeah, so um, I think we're all assuming they win all of those games other than uh, Clemson and Florida. We don't have to, let's not talk Clemson yet because we got a whole week. Yeah, we got a whole week. I, I, I do have a primer. Okay. okay. I'm so, listening. Well, I mean, just some, some stat stuff and, yeah. and everything. But I've, I've, uh, you know, to be fair, let me be totally transparent here. I was doing some, you know, kind of the, the the silly part of the episode, you know, where I do my, my shtick of just finding random things or doing buy or sell or whatever. And I got about 30 minutes into my research, and I realized, wait a minute, this is not the Clemson week. It's okay. We can but, say but, some but, of you know it. You what? No, no. No, we can say it. We, we, like, listen, I, I don't Because know. if I don't do it now. You'll forget where you put the notes? No, no. I have the notes right here. <laughs> okay. But if I don't do it now, then I don't have anything. And we would just end the podcast at an so hour. So we're not going to talk about the the all red and all purple jerseys. Yeah. Wait a minute. Dude. I'm the one. I'm the one that noticed that, and you're not going to bring it up. Dude. I have to say, it is first up before you do it. It was weird to me when I brought this up at the beginning of the podcast. I was like, "Holy cow!" And <laughs> Scott was like, "Whatever." This to me is the biggest thing. Like this was like, "Whoa!" I'm little, this is the I'm biggest little... jersey thing I've ever seen. This guy's like, "Yeah, it's jersey." So seriously, like you're primary. You're the pity racer. We pulled you back. We're pulling the penny out. Go. It, it, it's not happening. I mean, it's not, you know, to to be okay. It was just a, it was a ruse. It was a made up thing. They would never do it. It was, it was yeah. not, it was not real. What would you think if it was real? It's 2021. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a get off my lawn guy. Right, right, right. You know, I, I, I actually love the way that the 
red, red, red looks. I have a question. Yeah. Are you sure you're not careful on my guy, my long guy? No, not okay. with uniforms. Not I don't with uniforms. Okay. Now, as long as you don't mess with the helmet, okay. I'm fine with you know red on red. I think that would look So cool. the abomination of the BYU game. The BYU, you mean Boise the Boise State? State. No, I mean Boise State game. No, it was terrible. Yeah, thank you. It was you. terrible. I, right. I hated it the moment I saw it. Now, Good. there were other pro combat. And they'll combat, never do that again. No, and there were other pro combat uniforms for different schools that I liked when they were doing the whole pro combat thing. But no, I hated it uh, from the get-go. I do have a jersey, that uh, a number 11 jersey from that. Pretty awful, but uh, but I do have that. But no, the, um, the Georgia... The color Monoc- rush. Corner, it was like yeah, a the color, color rush. rush. It's, it's, it was... It was, it was uh, it was, it was not. It was not ever real. It was ever real. It was so never what real. jersey do you think they will wear for the I, home team? I think that if they're the home team, they'll re- wear red and silver britches. And if they're the away team, I would love to see a white top, red bottom combo yeah. like they did against Arkansas. But I tend to I, think that, I think there's a possibility we see orange and red, both home jerseys. I think there's a possibility that, that that wouldn't that wouldn't surprise me because that's kind of what USC UCLA do. The um, logic behind the thing that was made up did make a certain amount of sense. The idea that you're doing the NFL color rush, you're at NFL stadium, it's a big thing. I understood. I don't think they're not doing it, but that that was why that was believable because it made a certain amount of sense that they might do that. But uh, can you edit all that out? <laughs> oh, if you're banging around, yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I, 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 I'm very happy that, that we were able to bring that up and, and Scott was willing to point out that that was, a, that was a ruse because I saw that and like you, Will, my first thought was, oh God, we're going to spend 25 minutes on that's the why I wasn't. That, that's why I didn't take the bait because I knew it wasn't real. So, Scott, good job bringing these beers. Yeah, I'm very proud of you. Spot. I'm very proud of you. Yeah. These beers but, are just like... Oh, the beers? Oh, yeah. no. I, dude... I, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Glad you had, I no, no, I'm glad you had a pony. I'm glad you had a pony. That is that is the one exception to my, um, and I wouldn't bring it to a tailgate, but um, yeah, sitting out, sitting out here, I'd have I'd have a, I'd oh, have it was, a highlight. It was better than it. this uh, creature comforts. I wouldn't think about it. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, we'll you save. should still sponsor us, creature comforts. <laughs> oh, and we do have some news. We do have some news next week. We will let you know. We do have a podcast sponsor for the season. Yeah. So we will we will reveal that next week. So. All right, let's, I think let's you do can, some I stats. I think you can hold. Yeah, we don't. We don't oh, hold no stats. These. No yeah. stats. Okay. You don't need to hold these. We got, we, we've got plenty to talk about. Okay, I'll tease it. There is a fascinating stat regarding Clemson on some teams that they have or have not played. That really, I was just like, huh? And records against certain teams. So we'll leave it. At That'll that. be fine. So, but that's all. But that's it. You don't have anything else. Nah, that's it. Okay, I, so that's I, good. I, I that's, prepped for the wrong week. That's okay. That's good because I think we. I would like to now transition into the real point of this podcast this week, which is this week. Tony, wa- two thirds <laughs> of this podcast. Minute. I'm trying to get Scott to come. We have the whole podcast goes. It's like when the Brady Bunch went done, to Hawaii. We've never done a full podcast road trip anywhere. Yeah, well, the, Champagne is the logical place to do it. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> the choke point in the process is not. Will or I? No, no, it's okay. It's, it's all on me. Yeah. Okay, no, I know. Uh, but for just to remind everyone, also you shouldn't go to Champagne for this game. No, I won't. The week zero game. I am glad there's a week zero game, and it is. I would. It's it, not only is it week zero. It's compelling, and not only is it Illinois, and we'll get into compelling this. Should be a close game. It is like the first actual game. It's at one o'clock. It's on Fox. It's on national mm-hmm. television. It is the actual physical first game, and I would argue. I know that. Listen. You can make fun of Illinois football all you want. Make fun of Burt. That's fine. It's certainly a huge game for Nebraska. Like, for crying out loud, they are under so much... Like, if they lose this game... 
And let's not forget, Illinois wiped Nebraska out last year. Let's not forget that was one of one of Illinois' wins last year. Is they destroyed Nebraska in, in Nebraska? Wow, there were no fans. Yeah, but they wiped Nebraska out last year, and so, and it's basically this. Both teams have one of the interesting things about Illinois this year is even though they have a new coach, they essentially have the same team. Because uh, I, we discussed this before, Illinois had more super seniors return than any other team in football, which is remarkable because they have a new coach. Like, right. usually when you have a new coach, you would lose all those guys. Right. So they've all come back. There's a lot of excitement. Prather Hudson, they have not officially given a uh, depth chart. The general idea is that he is the second string safety. Okay. He's the second string safety. He's not a running back. Second string safety. And Ford is the second string uh, tight end. Behind Daniel Barker, who had who was their leading touchdown receiver last year, so it's unreasonable. Um, what numbers are they? Do you know? I don't. I've not seen Prather Hudson, so yeah, he was twenty four at Georgia. But certainly, uh, it's a huge game because Nebraska. Remember, their recruiting violations. Like a, they're not very big deal anyway, and b, who in the world is enforcing recruiting violations? Not the NCAA. There's anymore, nobody right? in charge. Like there's nobody in charge. But as many have pointed out. David Ubbin wrote a good piece about this for The Athletic. If you, uh, it's a great excuse if you're looking to get rid of a coach in his buyout. Oh, I don't know dude. if we've seen that, that piece was all. so dark and also <laughs> yeah. spot on. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, he knows it, man. He covered Tennessee. He covered Tennessee. So mm-hmm. uh, the, that idea, though, of if they lose that game, they're going to want to, because, you know, for the record, Burt just got to Illinois out of nowhere. Just got there, re- trying to serve everything. The team with the worst recruiting class in the Big Ten, including Northwestern and Purdue, is Nebraska. Nebraska had the worst oh, dude, recruiting yeah. class in yeah. the Big Ten this year. Like, they are a dead team walking if they lose mm. that game to Illinois. So, Will, let's, let's do this. Let's make it Scott Frost Day in Champaign. I'm okay with that. So, I'm okay with that. So, it's yes. gonna be, so What's your prediction? <sighs> the Bears. I don't know. <laughs> uh... Can we get a score prediction? I have watched enough Illinois. I actually am excited for the Burt era, and I actually think this year's team in particular will be better. Next year's team, the team will be bad because they, that that's that technically that's the year where he's finally like he's losing all the super seniors. He gets his crew. They're gonna struggle a little bit next year. So this is the year. If you're hopeful that Illinois that they would actually be a little better than you think, I've just I've I remember that game. The first game of the Lovey era was a night game against North Carolina. With Trubisky and the Illinois on the first drive, the second place of scrimmage had a 75-yard touchdown run, and the play, last sellout Illinois has had to this day, and it was and the place went nuts, everyone went crazy, and Illinois lost 38 to 10. Yeah. So uh, at a certain level, I am, I have the excitement, but there's a great line from Robert Rosenthal who runs the site Illini Board, who literally wrote a 20. 4,714 word preview. As he of, does every year. As he does every year of the 2021 Illinois uh, Illinois football team. Mm-hmm. It's insane. It's absurd. He didn't even get to, pra- get to go to practice this year. I don't know what the hell he was writing about <laughs> yet. But he has written that many words about the Illinois football team. Even he, his great line is, we're Illinois football. We can't be trusted. <laughs> and uh, and I think that he is not wrong. I am hopeful. I am excited. I am uh, get to sit in the section of... Uh, of the stadium where I will have plenty of alcohol near me Hoity toys. and maybe needed. I'm just saying, very rarely do I get to pull. You guys get to pull your distinguished alumni stuff here all the time. 
I just walk in and like, and Moorhead is just rubbing both of your feet. So finally, let me use my. Uh, that's not true. It's never happened. Um, but I, I, I you let don't me know use, that. Let me use my. I haven't seen it. Uh, let me use my uh, my alumni uh, uh, power for once. Meanwhile, I'll be sitting in the Pazans down in the Horseshoe. Mm-hmm. Um, I too am going. My mm-hmm. my buddy Paul who. You've heard us talk about on this podcast before. Paul, Paul, Paul is was awesome. a, a, I had a grand time with Paul at the Nerdy. Yeah. So, Paul, I'm, I'm going up and seeing Paul. He's the guy that went with me to find the bar. Yes. Yes, he was. The, the bar on campus at Notre Dame. Yep. Because uh, you guys were all, you were all like, I'm with my wife and we're doing things because she's from Indiana. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And, By the uh, way, that's, I feel seen, one and two. I'm <laughs> So for going with my wife. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So, no, but Paul, no. Paul and I were the two like dudes that were unencumbered. Yeah. So we went and I found, had a good time. By the way, I found a picture. I, I changed offices last week, and I found one of those pictures that's going up in my office. So well, Paul, I Paul was a great. I had a great time, and I'm excited to see Paul this weekend. So I'm 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 going to Illinois. I'm going to hang out with my friend Paul. I am sitting among the paisans. Uh, if you get a chance, and you happen to listen to some other podcasts, I'm not plugging it, but the Dog, Dog Sports Live. Uh, guys, hired you on Cameo. Hired me on Cameo. Uh, I I'm hopefully going to do some sort of Google Live thing with them. Um, just do you know what time? It's week zero. I don't know yet. I'll, I'll let you know. Let me know. I, I will be, also tweet it out. I would be delighted to meet you. Are you going to plug our show? You. Are you going to plug our show on this show? Of course. Okay. And if I can catch up with Will, we'll do it together. Um, my guess is we're be in a week. In a week, we're going to come back and be like. We're sorry. Tell yeah. me, tell me <laughs> we don't know. We don't know where for, Tony is. For uh, speaking for the listeners, if you could send me a five to ten minute soliloquy, whatever that means. That's a long time. A soliloquy is not ten minutes. Of your thoughts after the Nebraska Illinois game, <laughs> I would love to. to, to hear that. I will say, I will be sitting in the fancy club seats. I probably will be as intoxicated as I was after the Notre Dame game. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah. Well, so, and, and just be less happy. By the way, if you're an Athens area person, you're interested in rooting for a team not Illinois. Um, there is a an Oconee County, former Oconee County players, a walk on for Nebraska. Um, really? Sam Sherflett. yeah, Sam Sherflett actually grew up right up the street from me. Is was uh, Charlie's um, like high when he, when Sam was in high school, he was coach for Charlie's whatever midget team or whatever they call them now. Um, probably not that. Probably not midget. His, uh, yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, and his, uh, his dad is from Nebraska. He'd always wanted to play football in Nebraska. He had some D2 offers, uh, some, some, some low, uh, you know, P5, uh, P5 offers. And I'm sorry, G5 offers, but he decided he'd walk on at Nebraska. It was a preferred walk-on. And uh, as far as I know, he's still on the team. I hope to see him. See the 12th man? Ah, it's probably not a 12th man. That's 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 a and M. So, uh, so I need I need a score prediction from both of y'all. Um, I'm gonna say Nebraska 27. Oh God, you took my score. Illinois 13. Oh, oh, I think I think Illinois scores more than that, but I still think uh, Nebraska wins. I think it's 27 24. I hope it'll be. Exciting. It's gonna be a fun game. And I'm, uh, I'm it's excited. the first college football game of the season, guys. Yeah. Will and I be out among the COVID crowd? Wait a minute. That's not what I meant to say. No, that's right. Um, <laughs> I will get to do something I've always wanted to do, uh, which is... Drink at a football game. Yes. I <laughs> never got a chance to get the opportunity to do that before. Legally. Legally. Um, but they are... One thing that uh, your former student... Oh, Josh uh, Whitman, yeah. Current athletic director at Illinois, Josh Whitman, does is uh, every game day, he does a four-mile run with whoever wants to come. He literally will put on Twitter, here's where I am. 
everybody come run with me uh, on game day. And so I'm very excited to get to do that. I've we always wanted that. to do that. I've always, so I'm, I'm, I, I'm if, not doing that. If you're in Champaign, uh, 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 come come do the run. We'll all be out there doing the run with, uh, with, with, with the athletic director on game day. It's very exciting. Illinois' tailgate experience has gotten a lot better in the last couple of years. They have a place called Grange Grove which they built specifically by the stadium for tailgating. Just right outside, there's a big Red Grange statue. Because remember, Illinois has probably two of the most tin, tin most famous college football players of all time, which is yeah. Dick Butkus and Red Grange. And uh, J.C. Caroline. Yes, no. yes, yeah. And, uh, and Robert Holcomb. Um, <laughs> and Jeff but, George. And Jeff George. And Jeff George Jr., who also Jeez. played Illinois. But, uh, of course, Georgia has uh, on that list, of course, Herschel Walker, who welcome back to Herschel Walker, by the way. For this is your fault. I blame you. State it's not my fault. Where he lives. I actually have a great video I need to post with me going 105 miles an hour with and Herschel I, Walker. I can't believe you haven't posted that. I know. In a truck. In a truck. In the state of Georgia. On Highway 29. On Highway 29. He yeah. was visiting then, but Just now visiting. he lives here. Yeah. Finally, after 20 years in a different state entirely. So uh, we'll we'll connect this weekend. We'll figure out, yeah, uh, figure out where we're going to be. So, um, Go Illini. What's your pick? I, I think it's tw- I think it's twenty seven twenty four. I think I think Illinois upsets Nebraska thirty five to twenty seven and wears the Red Grange uh, Galloping Ghost jerseys. I don't I, think they're wearing those jerseys. I think they hold those for homecoming. Yeah, they that's homecoming. Homecoming. they're gonna they're gonna break tradition. I guess <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna need some. Uh, by the way, I'm gonna need some fashion. I, do you like those jerseys? I love them. I love those jerseys. I'm gonna need some fashion advice. I'm not wearing orange, so I got to find some blue stuff to wear. Yeah, uh, I actually have a shirt, but I always always the problem is I, this is the first time I've been in Central Illinois since before the pandemic. Yeah, so I am. Like I'm gonna max out the credit card. I'm like every everything I can buy. I'm gonna buy like Matt Toon high school jerseys. Like I'm yeah. way too amped. I've been home in a long time. Mighty Green I'm, Wave. Yeah, I've just I've really I I mean Central Illinois is where I'm from, and I miss I've been there, so I'm excited to get back. I respect that. Stop off at uh, Metropolis and see Superman. That's too far south. Oh, way yes. too far. I south. have been there though. Okay. I have been. I have there. too. He's Why not driving. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but I have been. There. I'll be flying into Bloomington. I'll be flying into Bloomington, home of State Farm and Illinois State and. Um, People that are normal. Uh, so that's it. The only other game, I guess, is Hawaii. Big game is Hawaii, Hawaii UCLA, UCLA yeah. Hawaii. which will have no fans. Yeah, be no fans. I, I guess that's your plug. We are doing the fun office pools again. Right. I have it posted. If you have done fun we'll office it, pools, we'll tweet it out again this week. Yeah, if you've done fun office pools in the past, check your email. It's out there. We'll tweet it out a couple more times. Uh, we will not. We will not do week zero. We won't start till Labor Day weekend. Uh, I don't think I picked a game that's earlier than Saturday, but keep an eye on that. It's possible. There are a couple of interesting games on Thursday night of yeah. week. The, the first week of game is Wednesday, right? I think the first game is Wednesday. There is a Wednesday game. but I, I think it's UAB, as a matter of yeah, fact. There, and I had that on there, and I took it back off because yeah. I was like, eh, Wednesday's too early. that's Wednesday's too early. But the next time we all get together and talk, A, we, Illinois Guys. will be 1-0 and about to take over. Uh, but B, uh, leading the West is what you meant to say. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, but, I mean, we're going to have an actual Georgia football game with fans, which... If you're looking for me to shame that you are, no, you are not going to. I'm going. I'm fired up. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I got a mask. I don't care. I'm very excited. I'm excited about it too. I will like. I will have a bunch of people over at my house, and it's going to be fine. In your lanai. In my lanai, the Leech Alexa Nocturnal Activity <laughs> Initiative. And, <laughs> but <laughs> I tried to put that on napkins, and she won't let me. Um, but more to the point, uh, we get to talk about a. Like we're here, we made it. Like we remember, we were, through the through the through the winter and spring and summer, we're like, hey, let's should we get together and do a it show? It feels so cathartic. It and just now does. We're here. We yeah. are a week away. Uh, it's gonna be very exciting. I'm just so fired up because I didn't. 
I mean, there was a time where I thought, man, we're not we're not playing the twenty one, right? Uh, because there, there were conversations, uh, well, not a year ago, uh, 13, 14 months ago, it was like, it's not over 22. Guys, it's not over. But we are in a place where we can get together and have football games. And tailgate. Mm-hmm. And tailgate. Are you taking uh, a selfie? I'm about to. He's just taking a picture of all the bugs. I took um, a selfie. All right, well, be safe, everyone. Uh, and we'll see you next week when we are previewing a Georgia Clemson football game. Uh, the first Georgia Clemson opener since I moved here in 2013 that Scott Duvall invited me to come watch it. Is that right? Yeah. I had 2013? That, that's, that's part of what I was talking about. Yeah, we'll talk about that next yeah. week. I don't think, actually, they did have the opener in 2014. We'll talk about that next week. And also, what about uniforms? Okay, everyone, have a great Shit. week. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Uh, go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned later this week for a special Spotlight Series episode. A repeat guest from a couple years back joins the show again. That should be posted sometime over the weekend. If you'd like to tweet our show, you can follow us and tweet our show at WSLS Podcast. And we're also on other social media, same handle on Instagram and Facebook. And until we meet again, hope you have a great week. And we'll see you on campus in just a few more weeks. And as always, go dogs.